Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Women in Agile podcast series. I'm your host, Renee Craven, and today we're talking with Hayley Rod. Hayley is an accomplished marketing professional who works for Easy Agile. Easy Agile is an Australian software company, and their products plug into Atlassian's Jira, and they're sold across the world, used by 150,000 users. Easy Agile helps teams to be agile. I really enjoyed speaking to Hayley today and hearing her journey into the agile world. We explore the topic of imposter syndrome and Hayley speaks of some of the things that she does to help her overcome it. Hi Hayley, welcome. Thank you for joining us. How are you today? Yeah, really well. Thanks, Renee. How are you? Yeah, I'm really well, thank you. Um, it was it was quite strange or weird to run into you at Agile Australia last week. Very, very like- random. <laughs> Yeah, so random. It was, um, and as soon as I saw you, I thought, I recognize that face. And then I thought, oh, that's Renee. And um, it's funny because I know you had just been on our Easy Agile podcast the day before or or something like that. And it was just weird timing. But um, yeah, I had a great time down in Melbourne for Agile Australia. And I actually caught the last one in Sydney last year. Mm -hmm. And it's grown significantly since then. So I think events uh, in the region, hopefully across the world, seem to be coming back. Mm. And um, that's that's a positive move, I think, for our community. Mm. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's good for um, Australia especially because we don't get a lot of conferences, um, you know, international kind of conferences. So we have Agile Australia and it's been going for a long time. Um, and we also have Scrum Australia, which I believe mm. is – um, next April, I think, or end of March or something in Sydney. And then next Agile Australia, I think they announced yesterday is in Sydney again next year in August or something like that. Yeah. So, yes, cool. they're finally coming back on the calendar. And um, I don't know about you, but for me it was just seeing people that I haven't seen since before COVID. Uh, mm. It was more about connecting with the, the community again rather yeah, going to the talks and I went to the, the talks and stuff as well, but yeah, um, yeah, it was it was very it was good. Yeah, um, for our listeners, Agile Australia, there was like six hundred people there. I think um, they were capped because of COVID and the venue and things like that. But um, I was sitting there waiting for the first keynote speaker on the first day, and <laughs> Haley comes and sits in front of me. I'm like, is that Haley? Oh my god. Such a small world. So, yeah. Such a small world. It was very nice. Yeah. Um, first question for you, how did you find Agile? So I found Agile only about, I would say, 18 months ago. And so that means that I'm pretty new to this space. Mm. I had worked uh, for Tertiary Education Institute and I had worked for a commercial real estate institute before I, I found Agile and so like two very unagile spaces, you know, really old school um, and definitely ingrained in their ways of work. And agile was something that, of course, I'd heard of the word, right, mm. but I hadn't heard of it as a, wor- a way to work. So, you know, finding agile um, was when I, when I got this job at Easy Agile. And it was definitely, you know, it, it was definitely something that was pretty hard to wrap my head around at first and and not from the fact that I didn't understand it. It was probably the language 
that was the hardest thing, particularly when, you know, I jumped straight in like a month into my job onto calls with partners from across the world who had really been in the ecosystem in some way, shape or form for like many, many years. Mm. And they're using all these words. And I was like, oh my gosh, what, what does that mean? What, and, you know, you're on this call with almost yeah. like a client or something. And, and it's not like you want to say, oh, excuse me, like, what does that mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a real eye-opening experience and I think, I guess even now, like 18 months later, it's become sort of like this second nature thing and um, grateful and happy to say that, you know, I have got the language down, although sometimes some words pop up and I'm like, oh, don't know that. But I reckon it took me like a good year to really start to feel a little bit confident in the space. Um, so, so yeah, it's... Um, been a good experience so far and that's how I found our job. Mm, wow. Yeah, our language is definitely almost a different language. <laughs> you may as well be speaking Japanese or something. We, we should call it Agile-ese or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and you'll probably find in your conversations with clients that they'll use different words for the same thing as well. Yeah. So that would yeah. – it, it, It's definitely – you know, like it's definitely something that um, the broader marketing team, I sit in the marketing team, um, we often talk about, you know, when we do releases of new features, um, you know, how do we actually talk about this in a way that uh, most of our clients are going to understand? And um, because we, as you said, we might use some word completely differently from how they use it or we use a different word and they don't even know what it is. Mm, so, yeah, mm, definitely get that. Mm. Um, tell them while we're on the topic of Easy Agile, can you just tell our listeners a little bit about Easy Agile? Yeah, of course. So um, Easy Agile, we are based in Wollongong, Australia. So just south of Sydney, about an hour south of Sydney. We make apps for Atlassian's Jira. So our apps sit on top of Jira um, and you can find them in the Atlassian marketplace. We've got four, uh, Easy Agile User Story Maps, um, which has actually been rebranded to Easy Agile Team Rhythm, mm. Easy Agile Programs, Easy Agile Personas and Easy, Easy Agile Roadmaps. And the two main um, products that we have is, is Easy Agile Team Rhythm and Easy Agile Programs. Team Rhythm is about helping teams do just that, find their rhythm, their team rhythm. And it is a story mapping tool. It's a sprint planning, um, a sprint review tool. We've also got a new feature in there around retrospectives as well. So it's really helping the team level um, up up their game and, and visualise their JIRA backlog in a way that's easy for them to understand and, um, and to plan the work that they're going to do in the sprints um, or however they're working. So, and then we've got Easy Agile Programs, which is the big room planning, um, a PI planning tool. So when we talk about post-its and, and strings between post-its around dependencies, it's that tool, taking things off the wall and into, um, into a digital space. And again, using um, what's already existing in JIRA to do that. So those are our two main tools. Um, and yeah, as I said, they're a visualization tool at the end of the day for for Jira, and help teams to to do agile more simply. And you know, our our goal is to help teams be agile, and um, you know, it's in our name, and to to be agile um, more easily, mm. and and use a product where all the work's happening anyway, which is Jira for a lot of people. Mm. So yeah, it's a, it's a great 
a great organisation. Um, we have a really strong culture. We've just actually won um, the best in culture for the Illawarra Business Awards, which is the region that we're, we're in. So we have a really strong culture here and um, our two co-founders came from Atlassian. So they worked on Dura when it first started way back when <laughs> in uh, in San Francisco and so they've they've found um, they've found a niche where they think that Jira can be extended embedded and that's at that team level and, and hence why we've got our tools um, to help teams so so yeah that's a little bit about us mm. and I discovered Easy Agile a couple of months ago and I hadn't heard of it before then um, and it's so I first discovered Agile in the days when tools weren't really around yet we were still using excel for backlogs and things like that i'm sure jira was maybe in its infancy but um we i'm from a physical i started from a physical wall physical cards um pieces of string all of that sort of stuff and um I, I really miss those days of having that physical um being able to touch cards and move cards and things like that mm. and you know when you we went into when all of everyone started to use jira for their backlog management and their sprint planning and things like that it is just it's a bit boring for me I, you just sit there and you look at a list it's really hard to see the dependencies um all of those sorts of things so um especially when you're doing sprint planning and big room planning or quarterly planning whatever you want to call it but uh, yeah, the when I saw Easy Agile, I'm like, oh, thank God it's coming back. <laughs> yeah. The ability to just do what you would do physically in a virtual tool that's actually integrated to do, to the to Jira. Um, so it's not like you're doing things on a wall. You can there's plenty of online whiteboard kind of tools, but you'd always have to kind of plug that back in. There was always double effort. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it make from a facilitator point of view that it makes it a lot, um, easier, but I, yeah, it is, it's interesting watching teams transition from all they know is looking at Jira with a list of cards and not worrying about or realizing the impact of dependencies and all of that sort of thing. So it's really interesting watching teams transition to visual kind of tools or visualizing their backlog um it, yeah it's it's kind of like I feel I feel like an old person <laughs> when I, I'm like it's it's just your backlog like it's it's but it is a it's a struggle it's really interesting so hopefully that's a it's just a learning curve yeah um, yeah because from a, I think you know our tools at the end of the day are, are made to be intuitive and and um hopefully yeah teams can can get through that learning curve pretty quickly. And I guess this is the way we're going, right? Like the days of the opportunities to get together as a really big team and do the things on the board or the pieces of string is sort of, you know, like behind us, yeah. sadly. Yeah. And, you know, I'm like yeah. you, Renee, like not that I ever got to experience the cars on the walls with the string, but, you know, I, I miss those, the office all being here. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but I guess hopefully our tool can facilitate that in in some way that still brings people together, brings up dependencies, highlights the health of them as well. Mm. But um, yeah, it's um, gone are the days where we all got together. Yeah, sadly, it is. It is mm. sad. <laughs> um, what have you observed about the role of women in the agile community over the years? 
Well, over the years. Over the 18 months. <laughs> over the 18 months. Um, look, I, I think coming from a pretty traditional to traditional industries and, like, you have to, as a female, um, feel like you're behind the eight ball, I think, in those spaces often and you've got to prove yourself. Um, there's definitely the the old boys club, particularly in tertiary education, where I was anyway, um, you could see that it was pretty dominant. And, uh, you know, you've got this executive team that are mostly men and mostly probably from very similar backgrounds. So to come to the Agile workplace, and I mean, I'm speaking from my experience here at Easy Agile, but also broadly looking at the community, um, having gone to four conferences this year across the world and, um, you know, having that great opportunity but really getting exposed to the broader community. I think that females, you know, play a bigger role in the Agile space and it's a positive one and I think, um, I, I to be honest, I was disappointed when I went to Nashville and also to, which was Agile 2022 and also um, Denver for, for Safe Summit. You know, at women in agile um, wasn't there in the in the dominant schedule. Like I think that it was kind of a side topic, but I think hopefully down the track we'll see it take um, prime position in the in the um, the schedule. But I think that you know even just being there and, and having a voice at yeah, those two conferences. Um, was was great and it showed to me the importance that women play in this space and the role that women play and and also speaking about some of the inequalities that women can face whether it be in our industry or more broadly in the workplace like creating a space for that conversation as well um so i feel like it's a safer space to have conversations and to break down barriers of inequality mm. um here in the agile space and i guess the ways of working that we have um maybe allow women to, to enter it and um, to achieve things and maybe it's a safer space. I think at the end of the day, I feel safer in this space than I have in a lot of other mm-hmm. organisations and, and industries that I've worked in mm-hmm. to speak my mind, to speak up. Radical candour is a thing. Mm-hmm. So if you're seeing inequalities, if you're seeing things that don't sit right with you as a female, you, you can speak up. And, again, I'm talking from personal experience but it's been a really warm and welcoming community for me as a female. Mm. And, um, yeah, I, th- I think that it seems like a, a really safe and um, welcoming space mm. so far. Mm. Awesome. That's good. Nice to hear. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, as you were explaining, um, or sorry, as you were talking, you were mentioning, um, you know, your previous experience in tertiary and, and having to kind of um, – get comfortable with speaking up and things like that. Um, the topic that we were going to explore that we're going to explore today is uh, overcoming imposter syndrome. Mm. Um, how did you do that at in your previous roles? Um, to be honest, I think imposter syndrome is something that's still, plagues me sometimes in different situations and you know it's it's about 
doubting your abilities and, and feeling like a fraud. And I think we all go through those times where those feelings are there and maybe we have a bout of imposter syndrome and it doesn't always have to be work, but sometimes it can be your, your home life as well. Um, so, yeah, how did I get over it? I think I think um, education is is knowledge and uh, well, knowledge is power, sorry, and and I, I just learned about it. I recognised um, imposter syndrome in myself, you know, thinking why do I feel this way in dif- different situations, between particularly male-dominated situations? Why do why am I doubting myself? Why am I feeling like I don't deserve to be in the room just as much as some of the other people? And you know, in all honesty, I probably deserve that deserve to be there more. But um, you know, researching and um, educating myself on on what imposter syndrome is and. And maybe syndrome is not the right word. Maybe it's, um, you know, imposter phenomenon. How do you say that? (laughs) Phenomenon. Yes, that's it. Um, You know, thinking about maybe it's not a syndrome because that kind of makes it sound like uh, it's something that the person who is experiencing it has to overcome. But, you know, having a a look um, at what imposter syndrome is, educating myself on it, and then taking some really concrete strategies to to reframe how I was thinking about why I was in that room or or in that situation and actually um you know thinking about the positives and thinking about all the experiences that had got me there um rather than comparing myself to others Mm. and others in the room I think that that you know comparison is um something that often isn't helpful for you to do and and it can be a real source of unhappiness. So I think, you know, just rather than thinking about the others in the room, you know, really thinking about, well, I, I've done some really good work and, and I have the knowledge and the experience and, and that's why I'm here. Mm. Um, so that was probably one of the things that I did to overcome imposter syndrome. But but it still comes up every now and again. Mm. It's not saying that, you know, I'm completely confident in every situation I go to. It it sometimes comes creeping up mm. in different things. Mm. Um, 100% agree. I, I still um, get it every now and then as well and I think I probably get it more than I should really um, because same sort of thing, like I, I, others would say to me, you know, you deserve to be here. You're here because of X, Y and Z and um, I laughed when you said, well, I didn't, I kind of giggled to myself when you said the word feeling like a fraud, cause I feel like that all of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's really interesting and I, I, I still, yeah. Did, so do you talk to me about your, you know, when you went to, um, in your early years, like when you were going through school and things like that, did you go through, did you find, do you think you went through, you had your imposter syndrome back then as well? Or did it start there? Um, yeah, look, it's probably always been with me in some way, shape or form, I think. And I think when you, you know, at school I did quite well at different things and you kind of put it down to luck mm. um, or you or you put so much effort in and you work so hard and you think um, that still it was just, oh, I fluked that. Like that. I think that is a common thing and I think that 
I've also got a perfectionist streak in me, which actually would be quite common for people who who have imposter syndrome because you want to um, you want to do things perfectly. You struggle to ask for help, um, and but at the end of the day, you also you're there to prove yourself, mm. and that's like an imposter syndrome. That's what an imposter would think. Like I've got to prove myself. I'm pulling the wool over everyone's eyes, and um, and so I have to work extra hard and I don't want anyone to see my vulnerability or I don't want to ask for anyone's help because that means that, you know, there's, there's a fault in me. Um, so yeah. And, and I, I do think that, you know, I don't see it in males as much as I do in females. Mm. Like I look at, I've, I've worked with some men, some men, you know, they they are wonderful, but um, they're not great at their job, but still they're in quite prominent positions. And you go, how did how did you get there? And, and at the end of the day, it's probably bravado and it's confidence, and um, it's not questioning themselves like mm, I do, mm. um, or like females in the room do. Mm. And you know, there's that thing around women often don't apply for jobs unless they're like well and truly can say they can do every one of those dot points. Mm. And a man might look at a job description and say, oh, I can do 60% of them and I'm still going to try mm. and I'm still going to try and get that job, whereas a woman wouldn't do that. Mm. And I totally think that's the truth. Yeah. You know, I think that's that's been my experience when it um, comes to apply, applying for jobs, but it's a, it's a symptom of imposter syndrome that we all, um, yeah, we all suffer or we all experience mm. rather than suffer. Did you find it bubbled to the surface again when you started at Easy Agile being, you know, not having that agile background? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think that that language thing came up, comes up quite often and, you know, there's so many people in this organisation that are really great um, but have so much experience. And for them, um, the language of agile, the agile ways of working are not new they're actually their comfort zone. Mm. Um, so, yeah, but, you know, lucky enough here at Easy Agile, uh, I pretty quickly felt safe to say, oh, what does that mean? Or I don't get that. Um, so, you know, that culture of, of safety was was quite good and I think, you know, I spoke about it in the opening, but I think it was a welcoming and safe space for me to, to feel vulnerable. But still... Um, yeah, but still it's it's an uncomfortable position to put yourself in when you're not used to to asking for people's help. Um, and, yeah, so it definitely bubbled up. I've got – I'm heading to um, a, an event next week and I'm going to be in a room with probably 10 or so mostly men, mostly men who have – who are quite senior in their organisations, their agile organisations and have been – working in Agile for quite a while, um, you know, for decades maybe. And I've definitely got an imposter syndrome bubbling up about walking into that room mm. because, you know, I I don't have as much experience. Mm. Like that's a fact. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I for me I, I try and overcome it also by, you know, we've got some young women in this organisation and thinking about like I want to be a representative mm. and a role model to them. And it helps me a lot um, to go, well, you know, you've got to squash that imposter syndrome or those doubtful thoughts because you're they're representing 
your organization, but also you're a role model to the other people in the organization who are who are younger than you, who um, or may f- face um, confidence or imposter syndrome feelings more often than you. Mm. So I think that's something that really motivates me as well to to try and work through it and mm. um, push it down or maybe push it down is not the right phrase, but to to try and just to work through it and and to overcome it. Mm. Mm. Um, have you found that your own kind of personal resilience has built and uh, has increased as a result of going putting yourself through these scenarios where you're kind of overcoming that uh, imposter syndrome each time? Yeah, I would say so. Like resilience, you know, you, you build up a thicker skin the more you try something and – I think that I am. Uh, I have a good ability to often see things that are failures as actual learning opportunities rather than failures, and um, I'm a I'm a uh, positive person who likes to look at the brighter side of of things. So I think that has helped me build resilience because you know seeing things as a learning opportunity rather than a failure that might get me down um yeah can can help you just add to your experience and those tools in your toolkit um and yeah I I think that the more you put yourself out there the more you say yes to things that are uncomfortable definitely you build up a resilience and that's been my experience you know I I I spoke at a conference or it might have been towards the end of last year and I mean that's that's pretty scary Mm -hmm. like that's scary Mm -hmm. for most people right yeah and it was definitely scary for me and but to put myself out of that comfort zone now to think about it look it's still scary but it's less scary yeah so it has built that resilience and and um yeah but I think it it takes takes other people around you encouraging you it takes role models for you to look at and go oh if they can do it I can do it um and then it takes saying yes Mm. just just giving it a go and at the end of the day, if it all all falls on the ground, um, use that as your learning experience mm. and, and take something out of it. Um, so, yeah. Mm. Beautiful. Uh, what are you doing, uh, what else are you doing for your own professional growth? Um, so I do a few things. I'm I'm on a, a couple of boards. So I'm on the board of Women Illawarra. So Illawarra is the region that, that I live in and on the south coast here. And that board um, has, uh, it, it helps women who are leaving domestic violence situations with their families. It helps them um, make contact with legal services, uh, housing services. So it's that um, that connector. And so I, I sit on the board of that and I sit on that board with, I think there's about 10 of us now, um, women who have just completely um, had such a diverse array of experiences and surrounding yourself with people who have had diverse experiences, whether it's, you know, they themselves have had domestic violence experiences, they're, you know, CEOs of companies, they run their own business, they're a mother, they're a carer. Um, being on that board and surrounding myself with those women is something where you you learn so much from others mm-hmm. and you can absorb, um, you know, how they deal with situations and 
and how they look at things. So I do that. Um, I'm also on the board of something called Junior Chamber International, again, here at the local region. So um, we're about empowering young people to seek professional development opportunities such as mentoring. And we're also about giving back to the community, you know, through things like Clean Up Australia Day and and large organising events like that. So I'm on that board. And again, it's, you know, surrounding myself with people who are like-minded but have a variety of experiences that that I can take pieces of and learn from and um, give back to my community and and feel like I am an integral part of the community here as well is something that I I really enjoy doing and I think that has added to my professional development. And um, here at Easy Agile, I I run something called the Women of Easy Agile uh, with a a colleague of mine, Caitlin. So, you know, I definitely think as a female, uh, we want to support and and recognise the good work that other females in the organisation are doing and it's about, uh, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats. And I think that if you can be a part of that rising tide, that's a really positive thing. And so I take that mentality with me with um, Women of Easy Agile and, yeah, help, help empower and see the good um, work that other women in the organisation are doing. And there's just so much good work that they're doing. So, yeah, making sure that we recognise that and encourage and foster it through guest speakers, mentoring, um, book clubs, all these sorts Mm. of things where we can get together as females and talk about um, challenges, opportunities, yeah. Mm. Awesome. Yeah, I like – I've got a couple of book clubs as well and I find them um, – I'm I'm not a very – if I had to read on my own, I would take a a year to read a book. But (laughs) when you've got someone who's also reading the same book and you're due to have book club – like I've got book club tomorrow and I'm like, oh, crap, I've got to read my chapters before book club tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's kind of forcing me to read but it's also helped me to relearn, I guess, that reading is good mm-hmm. um, and, yeah, the, the being able to talk about what you've learnt or how you've taken that chapter on or whatever um, mm-hmm. is, I think, really um, a really nice way for, for, for to learn stuff and to – uh, get different perspectives from different people of how they've interpreted a chapter or mm-hmm. list, learn from lots of different authors and um, experts out there. So, uh, yeah, if you haven't got a book club, people, yeah. listeners, start a book club because, um, yes, it's it's uh, sounds a bit kind of back at school-ish, mm. um, but, yeah, they're much more, much, uh, much more exciting, I think, as an adult than they were as a kid. Yeah, I think um, we're, we're reading one at the moment and um, it's around mindfulness and it's so funny. I A couple of the, the team were like, oh, this book is, is written by, you can tell the author has a lot of privilege in her life. And it was funny, I hadn't picked up on that. And, mm. and you're right, like seeing different people's perspectives on how they read a chapter, I was like, oh, like I completely missed it. And then it kind of peppers how you look at the book for the rest of the time. But, yeah. um, you know, just from that experience, I learned so much about recognising privilege and understanding that there's, of course, I, I know that lots of people come from different experiences, but but seeing it on the pages, um, yeah, it was quite enlightening, but yeah. I enjoy book club, so yes, agree. <laughs> if you're not in a book club, get in one. 
And uh, obviously you attend, you're attending lots of conferences as well, so that would be another source of information of development for you, knowledge. Yeah, yeah. I um, actually really love conferences. I think, you know, as you you mentioned at the start, like getting getting back together with people that you have met and or haven't seen for quite a while is really lovely and, and for me it's about creating new connections across the community, which I didn't have before as I'm relatively new to the, to the space, but... Um, also learning and, and listening to the speakers has been just such a such a thrill and actually on reflection it's probably been a reason why I, I am starting to feel more confident using the terminology, um, you know, talking and, and thinking about agile ways of work. It, it probably has been a massive plus but it's also been um, a really great experience and one that I'm really grateful for. I've travelled over to America more three times this year for Easy Agile and um, yes it's exhausting but it's it's also a thrill every time you do it mm. you come back you're absolutely wrecked yeah but when you're there you have the best time yeah um, and I'm just about to head to Europe to do something similar <laughs> <laughs> um, just looping back to Agile Australia what what was your biggest uh, takeaway from the conference last week um my biggest takeaway I think I the the speaker that rem, that actually um, resonated with me the most was our first speaker and then the one where I saw you at Renee, <laughs> um, the woman from um, Judo Bank and and talking about her experience in the space, but um, talking about her leadership journey and and how she uh, kind of puts together being being a firm leader, but also the kindness and the passion that you could tell she brings to her job as well. And I think as females, we're often told that, you know, don't be too soft, don't be too hard, you've got to hit the right balance. And and whether, you know, that's true or not, I think she just seemed like a really um, authentic leader. And, you know, I think that that being able to actually be an authentic leader but also still be very senior in your role, very knowledgeable but still care about the people that you work with every day and have that passion, mm. um, you know, she was was a, a nice display of that. And I think, you know, that was as a female that was really great to take away and be like, well, actually I can be a leader that can be both firm and fair but can be kind and considerate of the people that I work with and, um yeah, so that was that was great, and that was something that res- resonated with me as well. Mm, nice. I learned stuff about Dura Line as well, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have any final words of wisdom that you'd like to share with our listeners? Um, I think my biggest thing, um, trying to overcome imposter syndrome or, or overcome doubt, uh, and also trying to stretch myself and get out of my comfort zone is, is just to say yes to things rather than giving yourself time to think about it and question whether you should do something that maybe feels right mm. just jump in and be like yes I'll give it a go what's the worst that could happen mm. it's probably not that bad so I think saying yes to something um, that maybe is pulling you but is also making you question um, or doubt yourself just say yes and, um, yeah, see what happens. And, and for me it was a snowball effect. It was a, saying yes to one thing led to saying yes to so many other things that got me here and I'm really grateful to have said yes to, to one thing, you know, a, f- 
quite a number of years ago, but I think it's led to me being a better person and a better um, colleague for a lot of the team that I work with. So it's been a, a positive experience. So, so you say yes and, and forget the doubt sometimes. <laughs> Very nice. Thank you. It was great chatting to you today, Hayley. It was nice to catch up again. Um, back online, but that's fine. <laughs> um, so, yes, thank you very much for your time today. Thanks, Renee. Great to talk. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Women in Agile podcast series. It is brought to you in partnership from the Women in Agile nonprofit and scrum.org. We hope you've learned something new and invite you to tell a friend or a co-worker about the podcast. Please go online to womeninagile.org to learn more about our initiative and find more inspiring podcast conversations.